Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On this week's podcast, Gabrielle interviews mindset coach and neuroscience expert Zaba Carson, the CEO of Get Zend and author of Six Weeks to Happy. They discuss the secret to living your happiest life and the Get Zend app, a positive thoughts app to relax or change your state of mind. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Zara Carson, the CEO of Get Zend and the author of Six Weeks to Happy, the ultimate roadmap to retrain your brain for better health, greater abundance, and long-lasting happiness. Welcome to the show today. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Gabby. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Why don't we get started by having you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what Get Zend is? <laughs> sure. Well, my name is Zara Carson. As you said, I have a background in neuroscience, uh, positive psychology, and mindset coaching and consulting. And I've done many things from being a management consultant and executive coach, running big, big projects up to 45 million to having my own coaching practice and working with individuals, you know, from from different ranges, from students all the way up to C-level executives. And I started seeing patterns in the data and that I wanted to really understand, like, what what are these patterns in human behavior that I'm uncovering here? Because they were sort of revealing themselves to me. And I thought, this is fascinating. And I think this could be really powerful and really help people. So then I went to study neuroscience and positive psychology. And I realized, oh, my God, the data is all just confirming everything I was seeing in my coaching practice over so many years. And I said, okay, this is a book. I was searching for a set of tools that I could teach people to help them start coaching themselves. And I realized there was so much unnecessary suffering and so much unnecessary stress in our lives because we are wired for survival and it sometimes works counter to our goals towards health, happiness, and wealth. And I thought, well, why don't I why don't, I became fascinated with that gap. And so I thought, why don't I build the, the most powerful and easiest set of tools into a program that I could teach people over a six week period and, and it'll retrain your brain and bring us back to balance so that we can just live life in a more empowering way. And I put that all into the, the rewire system, which is incorporated into the book called Six Weeks to Happy. So I'm very happy to share that with you and your audience today. Yeah, so you created the best-selling book, Six Weeks to Happy. What exactly is in that book? What uh, what exactly is it? How does it help to retrain people's brains? What's, what value does it bring to people to create happiness? Sure, great question. Well, first of all, we evolved to be really good at survival. So, you know, a perfect example of that is our built-in negativity bias. So let's say you have a great presentation or at work or at school even, and you know, you get 99 people come up and say, oh my God, you did a fantastic job. You hit some amazing points, really well done. And you have one tiny little criticism that goes something like, oh, I wish you would have included an example about X. And what do we fixate on? Do we yeah, focus yeah. on the amazing 99 people that came up to us and said, I really connected with your material, or do we focus on that one little criticism 
Well, we focus on the criticism because that's an example of how we're wired. So we are wired, that's called a negativity bias. And where that stems from is that we were built to be on high alert for danger. Our animal self, our homo sapiens sapiens self, you know, our, our brains sort of evolved in three different stages. So we have one that manages our stress response. That's the old reptilian brain. And on top of that was formed the mammalian brain, which houses our thoughts and emotions and memories, our encoded memories. And then we have the neocortex, this third part of the brain, that's the newer part of the brain, and that does our critical thinking. So now you can already see why we have some inner conflict because, you know, you know, for one example, there are three parts of the brain that evolved with different purposes. And so if we evolved to be good at survival, those survival patterns, those there's there's limiting beliefs, and then there are what I call fear patterns that are attached to those belief systems. And it could be around health, it could be around our feeling worthy or deserving of love um, in terms of how we feel secure and supported in this life, in terms of our views around money and creating wealth. And they stop us from really having a life that we could really love. And, you know, I, I think you can define success in the past, it used to be defined in terms of money, fame, and power. But nowadays, we're all a little wiser. We're all a little more emotionally connected. And we realize we need to incorporate a sense of physical well-being, for sure, because if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And then we need to also incorporate a sense of mental and emotional well-being as well. We need to start looking after ourselves better. And too many people are far too stressed. And so I sort of took a process-based, like a corporate approach to our personal lives. And I thought, why don't we use the same set of strategies? If we can get a plan to deliver something successfully, part of what we included in that planning was to understand what are the barriers to success? So you're managing your risks. And we don't do that as human beings in our personal life, right? Like, right. what are my barriers to success for being a healthier you know, in a, in a physically healthier state of state of mind and state of being and in a physical body. And I don't mean having the perfect six pack. I mean, having enough energy to sustain you throughout the day. So you wake up, you know, feeling supercharged when in fact, most of us wake up feeling exhausted. So I thought, why don't I build a bunch of tools? And I took them from so many different disciplines because I thought I was the first guinea pig. It was really my own exploration that turned into a coaching practice that turned into a book. And I thought, what are the chances anyone has all of these different disciplines in their purview that they can share with people? And it just, it showed up so quickly as a, a set of quick and powerful tools that people can implement in less than 10 minutes per day to really shift away from that old survival-based thinking. And all it takes is some key tools to bring what's unconscious to our conscious awareness. And so I developed a set of tools and a six-week program to help people do that for themselves. You know, it's interesting. I, I just saw recently kind of a timeline of mm -hmm. like from the Big Bang to the creation of life on Earth and the human life on Earth. And really, if we think about it, how quickly we have developed from 
you know, the homo sapien and, and having, you know, homo erectus, homo sapien, homo to where we are today. Yes. The evolution, let's say in a year's time, if we took it from January 1st would be the big bang. December 31st at 115901 would be the creation of human life. January 1st at 11 or December 31st at 1159 and 31 seconds would be where we are today or 31.31 would be where we are today. So the evolution of human life is so very, very, very small mm. in consideration of how long the earth has been around, right? So yes. a technology and the brain and how we work, it, it moves so quickly that we're trying to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult. So having so much stress in our lives and having so much media, you know, television and radio and cars and computers and phones, it's it's like we have to learn how to process all these different things, right? Yeah. And here we are on Zoom talking to each other, you know, face to face, and you're learning how to process these things. But this is also very new to mm -hmm. human life. So how we find happiness, how we find health is still a process to all of us, to everyone, to all human life yes. on this planet, right? So it was it was fascinating to me because we don't think about it. You know, it's a blink of an eye mm -hmm. that we really have just been here. And, you know, we don't think about how we have to put effort into that as in our lives so you know six weeks to happy let's think about it six weeks in the realm of it and putting you know in the realm of time and putting effort into it 10 minutes a day is such a small thing yes. to creating happiness you know and and habitual things for the rest of your life right well, and six weeks is key because, you know, six weeks is really where we can see in brain scans and if, you know, the latest fMRI scans, that the brain is actually changeable. It's not static in nature. It's malleable. Right, right. The concept of neuroplasticity. And where we see signs of lasting change in the brain is at that 35 to 42 day mark, 42 days, six weeks. So I thought, why don't I create six weeks of tools and people can just go through a six week plan where they can slowly start to, you know, I think of it as a, almost like you train a muscle at the gym, right? The more you train a particular muscle, the more you strengthen it. Well, I think over time we have, we have unknowingly strengthened our stress response and we have never really understood. We were never taught that we actually, our body has a natural ability to calm itself as well. So in previous days when we were living out in the bush as Homo erectus or whoever we yeah, evolved yeah. from, you know, when real and present danger came at us, like in terms of a predator coming at us, that fight or flight response, that stress response that's handled by that first part of your brain, the reptilian brain, it works so well because it acts as a gas pedal. It gives us that rush of adrenaline. We can flee to safety. But back then our brains would then signal us to say, hey, we're safe danger anymore we're safe exactly let's return back to calm and you nailed it when you talked about social media and all of these other channels every time my phone pings i think oh my gosh it's something demanding my time and my energy and so it creates a little it's a little stress trigger almost 
And so how do we, you know, what are the tools that we need to really calm that and to, to kind of pull apart the noise so we have a little room to breathe so we can find our balance again, and then to retrain away from those pieces, those survival-based thought patterns and feeling patterns that, that keep us stuck and that keep us from achieving that health, that, you know, that happiness and the success that we're all looking for in life. And so that became my fascination is that gap. I started studying two groups of people, the really happy ones, you know, the ones that have that little sparkle in their eye, they have a different smile. There's a different energy about them. You just want to be near them. Yes. Other group of people, right. <laughs> they have this infectious energy. You just want more or you want to put them in your pocket and carry them around for the day. Or the really successful people, like what separates those that managed to have such a massive vision for their lives and the rest of us that didn't even dare to dream that big. So I became really fascinated with these gaps in human behavior. And I wanted to, to make that my field of study. And then and then these principles just kind of appeared to me. And I said, I said, this is this is what's going to help people. Because I think when we start in life, we just get these very basic marching orders, right? Do well in school. Then maybe it's pick a major, pick a college, university, or pick a career, get a job. If you're deciding to maybe go to trade school or do something like that. And then it's, I don't know, work your way through the corporate ladder, up the corporate ladder, get the house, get the car, get the kids. And where is happiness in there? There's no discussion of it. And so most of us have just kind of like stumbled and fumbled our way through life trying to understand what this is and how do we feel at peace and is peace part of happiness is joy part of happiness is gratitude part of happiness and I finally realized it's actually it's kind of complex and it's a very personal prescription what would make you happy Gabby is not going to be exactly the same for me or sure. myself my family members or my kids or or your friends or your colleagues and so it really has to be a prescriptive plan that's that's really personalized to the things that bring you joy and make you feel the most excited and most alive and I think because we got these basic marching orders most of us are living out the expectations of others right we're living we're maybe studying or entered in the workforce based on what our parents wished for us or what our colleagues wished for us or what our you know loved ones wished for us and and at a certain point we're starting to ask those questions and i think covid had a really interesting it's it's thrown us some interesting curveballs and i think it's given us a lens right we had this whole concept of the great resignation yep. where people were i think you know they were getting stimulus checks they they didn't have to worry so much about being out of work and they got to finally stop and say, oh, wait a second, I'm not on the hamster wheel anymore. So if I don't have to get up and go to that job that I don't particularly love or that makes me frustrated every day or that doesn't seem to satisfy me much, then what do I want? What do I want to do? And now there's the great boomerang because people have left their jobs and now they're going back. And they realize, oh, well, guess what? Wherever you go, there you are. So until you fix this thing, this thing called you, and you really tap into what is your winning formula for happiness and success, you know, you're just going to take that set of frustration. You're going to move it from one job to the next or one city to the next. And so I think we really need to figure out who we are authentically meant to be. And the more we align with that, happiness starts to really show up for us.
and and success does as well. It's amazing. Yeah, I think I think you're right on on two parts. One that six weeks, you know, a lot of like trainers have six week programs because it creates that habitual yes movement you know you're doing something for six weeks and then people tend to continue i mean obviously people do drop off but you know you have people that stick with it for six weeks and then you have now created a habit uh, but also i do really believe that that COVID did change a lot of things for a lot of people and also you know aside from the great resignation people went oh i do want to concentrate on my health because my life is more important than that hamster wheel yes and how i feel is more important than going to work every single day for somebody else and I, you know i want to be happy mm -hmm. i want to be happy in what i'm doing and you know we did see a lot of people quit their jobs and go into completely different fields i mean i know a couple people that did it personally you know completely leave what they had been doing for 10 12 15 20 years even and right. do something totally different. And it's it's interesting because it shined a light on things that people were really, really not happy with mm -hmm. for the first time in who knows how long, you know? And I don't think we really have looked at that. You know, mental health and happiness hasn't been ever looked at it not yeah. in not in our lifetime maybe ever really i think i i could say you know going to other countries maybe smaller countries that don't have as much emphasis on work and job and corporate mm. their idea of happiness is very very different you know they oh, focus absolutely. they focus so much on more on family they focus so much more on time and you know life whereas i think especially here in the us we do we focus on goals and careers and and yeah. it's it's you're always in that fight or flight you're always you're mm -hmm. right your phone goes off and it's like and here i am you know with my apple watch every time it goes off you know <laughs> i it's, can't get an apple watch <laughs> it's constant it's yes, constant it and yeah. you really have to take a look at that but so actually talking about corporate um, you have a unique focus on workplace wellness um, and the challenge of careerists. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit what is the careerist? Can and can you explain <laughs> a little bit about like your work wellness take on work workplace wellness? Oh sure. Well, um, so I well let's define careerist first of all because not everyone wants to be a business owner entrepreneur. That's a different. It's a different mindset. It's, it requires independent thinking, but a much larger risk taker. And it's not for everyone. So the mm -hmm. careerist is really, you know, people that enter into a career field and choose longevity. And so they're going to work their way up a corporate ladder. They're maybe going to stay at a company five, 10 years, maybe 20 or 30 years. They may do a number of different roles as they navigate and find work that they enjoy. So that's what I would term a careerist is, is basically not the entrepreneur, but somebody working for someone else in a career where they can excel at. And, you know, some people are, are happy here. Some people are happy with a, an accelerated uh, career path. So it really just depends on you. Um, but in terms of workplace wellness, the program Six Weeks to Happy is actually going to be morphing into a corporate product called Six Weeks to Workplace Wellness, and that'll be coming out next 
uh, Q1 of next year. Because when I was in the corporate world, you know, I I just remember years and years where we were downsizing in terms of staff, mm-hmm. but the workload wasn't downsizing. The workload was staying the same or increasing. And so we were asked to do more and more with less staff, which meant everyone is pretty strung out. Most people I know wake up exhausted every day versus waking up feeling rested and balanced and joyful and excited about their day. And what we were getting in corporate back in the day was we would get access to a gym membership and we would maybe have HR would bring in some wellness expert that would do these, you know, either a lunch and learn or they would do a 15 minute stretch break. That's not really enough to deal with this level of mental and emotional exertion and that level of physical exhaustion. So I think what COVID did, certainly for me, and and, and because of my coaching background, what I was able to see, and it's funny because when you're a coach, you're still a human being at the same time. So although you can cognitively understand what might be happening to you, you're still experiencing these phenomenon as a human being. And so what I was experiencing was at the start of it, when we all went into lockdown, it was such an unknown world, right? There was so much fear and frustration and anxiety. There was so much uncertainty and we as humans don't process uncertainty well. And what happened was most of us would wake up and you have that little that little volume knob, which is your, your stress and anxiety meter, I call it. And most of us would dial it down and we'd just get on with our day because we were distracted and we were busy. So we had to just get on with it. And when we got stuck at home during COVID, that volume knob somehow got turned up for us. And we all could not deny that level of stress and anxiety that was living within us. And so I think we all became a lot more aware that we need to handle our stress better, that we need to learn how to manage our mental and emotional health better. But most people aren't given the tools to do that. And so what I came to realize in in this whole study of happiness and and positive psychology and how the brain works is that we actually have a four body system. We have a spiritual and energetic body. We have a mental body, an emotional body, and our physical body. So when most people think of health, and you're from the the health and fitness field with the Pilates and the the work you do in the fitness field, um, we think of nutrition and exercise. Okay, we might put in some stress management in there, maybe some yoga, breathing techniques. Okay, but we're really not looking at the mental and emotional. How, you know, how well are we handling the things that we have to process in a given day? Are we managing our energy? Like I said, most of us wake up exhausted. We forget that we are energetic beings. So if you think of it in the world of science, and we are made up of atoms and energy, and we are like a battery. At the end of the day, we need to recharge. We can't exist without food, water, and sleep. And most of us aren't getting enough of any of those in the right ways to wake up feeling rested and recharged every day. So I think learning how to manage your energy and regulate your energy actually helps you build emotional intelligence because if you take away the things that are exhausting you and you're not running on empty anymore it's so much easier to learn how to manage your emotional self and so that reaches you in your professional life because you're going to have less of a short fuse at work with frustrating situations and team members you're going to have a lot less frustration in your personal relationships at home because if you're not strung out and you're not exhausted 
you're not going to act out. You're able to manage your emotions a little bit more. You're able to handle that situation or a life event that much better because it gives you a pause, right? And so all of these tools were built in. And so the workplace wellness will be a lot of neuroscience and positive psychology techniques to help people take them through a better a six-week program to better their mental and emotional health. And the minute you start to work on that, you can see results within a few weeks because when you're just looking after your physical body in terms of nutrition and exercise, but you're not processing your mental and emotional processes, your physical body then becomes like an alarm bell. It becomes then your, your gauge for how well or how not well you're doing in other areas. And so there's so many physical ailments that... Absolutely. Manifest, 100%. Right? Because 100%. of stress. Autoimmune okay. diseases, cancer, diabetes, <laughs> heart disease. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Chronic inflammation, yep. chronic pain and injury. All of that can be actually reduced once you start managing and you have the tools to actually manage your mental and emotional health better. Suddenly the body starts to heal itself because it's it's been screaming at you for years. Yeah, so I'm very excited to be able to share that soon as well. So can you explain actually what happiness is and how how do you measure happiness? I mean, obviously it's different in how people find it is different, but mm. what actually is it and how can each individual measure it? Yeah, that's well, interesting question. And I'll answer it in two parts. So the, the first part is, you know, how would you define happiness, I guess, right? Yeah. And then the second piece is what are the KPIs? Like, what are your measures of success? How do you, yeah. how will you know, what's your evidence procedure for happiness? Right. Like, how will you know yeah. when you actually reach there? And it's so funny because, um, so first I'll define it and then I'll talk about the measures of happiness. So you know, it's not it's not an easy answer. If it was, I think we would have all figured it out at this sure. point. Just We'd all be like skipping being, around in the fields. <laughs> there you go. Just like being in the best shape of your life. We know the equation. It's eat healthy and exercise more. Right. We know the equation, but reaching there is not as simple, right? So why is that? And so as I was looking to try and define happiness, I realized, well, it needs to incorporate a state of optimal physical well-being, because again, if you don't have your health and if you're in pain, then your life quality is diminished already. So you need to be in optimal health. You need to have enough strength and vitality and energy to get through your day. Okay. Next, it needs to incorporate a mental and emotional state where you feel like you are more in control and empowered with how you want to think and feel in any given day. Because most of us wake up feeling stressed and tired and then that plays out throughout our entire day as if we're on autopilot well how do you shift that language how do you shift the mindset how do you shift the story because i promise you if i ask you you know if i asked 100 people how do you want to feel today nobody's going to say to me i'd like to continue feeling as stressed and anxious as i did yesterday because that was really really fun for me you know most of us would say you know what i, I want to feel peaceful i want to feel a sense of calm and certainty that my bills are looked after, that my children and my family are okay, that I don't have to worry anymore, you know, and I want to be, I want to feel joy and I want to feel freedom and I want more quality time with my loved ones and I want to feel really connected. And so I thought, you know, happiness really needs to incorporate the four bodies aligning with who you are authentically 
supposed to be in this world. And so that means looking at your needs and looking at your values and looking at your personal prescription for what is happiness for you. And so in this book, um, we go into all of these tools and how to break that out into hours per day and per week. So you know what your personal plan looks like. And so to define happiness, I would say it includes optimal physical well-being, but also a state or a mindset where you can intentionally or consciously choose how you want to think and feel in any given moment so that you're living a life of peace, one that excites you, one that brings you as much stability or adventure, whatever your values are, because they're on two opposite ends of the spectrum, but we all need both. Sure. And so what is that winning formula that really makes you feel your very best, your most joyful, your most certain and deserving and worthy of being here? And it includes purpose as well. And then what are the measures of happiness? Well, if you look at countries like Bhutan, who started measuring gross national happiness, and I happen to work with some of the most prominent members of of Bhutan from the royal family down to um, the former minister of education and the chairman of the Reiki Center for happiness in IIT in India, which is um, like the MIT of this world. And he's got a happiness school, which is incredible. Um, so I've had the opportunity work, to work with some extraordinary people. And in my research of how do you measure happiness, well, it's all self-rated. Nobody can tell you you're happy, but you. So you have to be able to measure yourself. And so there's a few different um, rankings. One of the one of the happiness assessments works on life satisfaction, like how satisfied are you with the different areas of your life? And another works on social comparison. And what we've actually found is social comparison is counter to happiness. Do not compare yourself to others. It's really all about you. And so the final, I, what I what I settled on, and, and I use this as an assessment in the book so that you can measure your progress as you go. And it's what are the measures of well-being and what are the measures of happiness? So one of them is sleep quality. If you're not handling your stress, if you're not processing past life events and past trauma, if you're not handling your mental and emotional processes, you're not going to be sleeping well. The minute you start doing something right, your sleep quality improves almost immediately, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So that's definitely one of the measures. The second measure is how much physical tension are you feeling in your body? Some of us aren't even aware of how much physical tension we hold, whether it's tightness in our chest or, you know, our shoulders. And as a coach, you learn to read somebody's entire physiology. You know, are they sitting up? Are they leaning forward? Are they slumped in their chair? Are they sitting up straight? Are they sitting confidently? Are they aligned? Do they have that sort of energy flowing throughout their body? You know, where are their shoulders? Are they up by their ears because they're so tightly wound and stressed? You know, what is their breathing like? Is it is it shallow? I remember going to a doctor's appointment once and I had I had a nurse just setting me up for a dermatology procedure and she was breathing so fast. I thought she was about to have a heart attack. I had to stop and ask her, are you okay? So what do you mean? I said, you're breathing so fast. I feel like there's something really wrong. And she said, I didn't even realize. And I, I I mean, it sounded to me like tachycardia. Like it sounded to me like her heart was racing through yeah. her chest. And so some people aren't even aware. So that's another gauge is, you know, 
how much tension do you feel in the body? And then how, you know, another gauge is how many feelings, how are you able to manage your emotional levels, your energy levels? And then the last one I've used in this book is um, what are your overriding feelings throughout the day? Do you have more feelings of stress and anxiety or do you have more powerful elevated emotions like gratitude and hope and love and compassion and joy and freedom? Because the more you do this work, the more you're, you're moving away from stress, fear and anxiety and towards happiness and stability and feeling joy and freedom and all of those wonderful gushy little emotions that that bring bring us light and make us feel like we're really thriving in life yeah so Great you question. um you have an app it is called the get zend app uh yes. can you explain a little bit about it what it does <laughs> um what exactly it is and and how people can find it sure well it's in it's in both app stores and google play and on the apple app store um, and I wanted to take all of these tools that that was my first attempt at trying to give people these tools. I thought I had found my own way of finding peace and feeling excited about my life and moving beyond survival and towards thriving. And I said, why don't I build all of these tools into an app so people can we can just take you know, a no brainer approach to this and you can do a 15 or 20 minute guided meditation. It centers your your breathing in your brain. So you're already you're triggering your parasympathetic nervous response, which is your opposite to fight or flight response. It's your calm response. So it already incorporates that. It uses transformative tech called binaural beats, which is a neuroscience tool to tune your brainwave frequency into a more desired state of mind. So if you're feeling really agile and you wanna be calm, let's say you've just finished your work day and you're you know, a little hyperactive and you wanna just like get into some deep breathing and calm your brainwaves into a, into a calmer state of being. We use different brainwave activities for different, different frequency ranges for different levels of activity. So it uses transformative tech to tune your brainwaves in. And then finally it uses a whole range of subconscious tools because we are 5% conscious mind, 95% subconscious unconscious mind. And so if you can just learn how to tap into that 95%, you really start to retrain your brain away from all of that stress and noise and get it back to calm. And when you get it back to calm, amazing things start to happen. First of all, you start integrating your conscious and unconscious minds. Why is that important? Well, your unconscious houses all of your barriers to success. It houses all of your fear patterns. And if you want to change your behavior, that's the secret sauce. You have to get in there and figure out how to do that. And I do get into it in the book. We go into all of those fear patterns so you can see yourself in all of these examples because it really is just part of the human experience. Um, and so that, so that was really exciting as well. And so the Get Zen app has all of these tools built in. And it's awesome. basically like a guided meditation app. You can use it for deep healing because I incorporated, I had a back injury that I healed from using these same techniques. And we were talking about it earlier in the show, whereas if you're not handling your mental and emotional stuff, it comes out in your physical body. Yep. And so just by using these you tapping into your own body's mind, body healing capabilities, you can actually heal from so many things, autoimmune disorders, physical injuries that have been resistant to healing, 
And so it has that, it has some deep sleep and it has some other fun ones as well to get focused or get into a strategic thinking zone, get into performance zone or just set your intentions for the day. So you start your day intentionally versus on autopilot in stress mode and then spiraling down for the rest of the day. Instead of that, start feeling peaceful and just see how differently your day goes. How long are the meditations on the app? There, you can choose from five, 10, 15, or 20 minutes. So give it a shot. I couldn't do much when I first started. I got to about five or seven minutes a day. Every little bit. And that's all you need. I mean, to start. I mean, that's all you need, really. Like you were talking about the the changes in your brain. They say it just, that's all it takes is about five to seven minutes a day Mm -hmm. can change the structure, the structure. That's the word I'm like actually about. yes you're, yeah, you're absolutely, your brain. you're absolutely right from a neuroscience perspective we can now see brain scans of what happens right. to people when they're practicing mindfulness and meditation like yep. that and so you have increased focus on and productivity why because it actually increases gyrification in the brain which is your brain's processing power so imagine like back in the day when we had slow laptops and now we have quad processors yeah, and yeah. <laughs> everything is processed super fast Well, the same thing happens to your brain with a five to seven minute meditation in the morning. Mm -hmm. You want to be more focused, productive, but also much calmer and quiet. Those little voices in your head telling you not today. Today's not the day. (laughs) Just you want to quiet those down so you can focus and choose what you want to do in the day. It's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're you're looking for that app, it is in the app store. It's Get Zen, Z-E-N-D, correct? Correct. yeah. And your website for your coaching uh, is getzend.com, www.getzend.com, spelled the same. And then yeah. you also have a website for your book, and it's sixweekstohappy.com, the, num- the number six. Um, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with today that you think is important? Absolutely. You know, I think I think most of us think of life, like I said, with this very basic set of marching orders. And, you know, I really think of these as core life skills. I want to get this in the schools and teach this to kids so it doesn't take them 30 years to unpack like it took us 30 years. And what I found- Or longer. (laughs) Or longer, yes, exactly. And what I found in my coaching practice is when we were mapping out goals for my coaching clients, very few of them, when I had them visualize the end state, could actually tell me if it brought them any closer to happiness. And I thought, well, that's amazing and profound. Why would you be pursuing a goal if you don't even know if it's going to bring you more joy, freedom? You know, are you chasing money? What are you chasing? It's a goal, but there's no happiness at the end of it. And so I decided to create this tool for people. And so it's available for your audience at sixweekstohappy.com and they can download it for free and just start to map out your own personal plan towards happiness. Because once you do that, you get a really clear picture of how your life is structured today and what little changes you can make just to start aligning towards happiness and success. So that's available for your group today as well. Don't wait. Life is too short. Yeah, no kidding. It really is. It blink, you blink, a blink of an eye. Yes. 
Awesome. Well, I will have, um, I will link that in my show notes as well. So people can find, um, find that. And, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. Such great questions and such a wonderful discussion. Thank you for the work you do as well, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you so much everyone for listening today and we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.